obsession of with chihuahuas right yes of course i do you're the chihuahua lady i became the chihuahua lady i never knew i was the chihuahua lady but after working in the shelter and seeing so many different chihuahuas i became you know obsessed with them a little bit i just started to really fall in love with them because they're all so different they all have such great personalities they're so cute and funny and different and and uh, you know they're like the pities; they they get a bad rap. So I'm I care about them like I care about the pities. They have a bad rap, and I I don't like that. It's not fair. Yeah, so it's only fair that we spend at least one of these times of ours together to talk about Chihuahuas because they are some of the most subjected victims in the issues of dog rescue. Uh, I mean, um, uh, for example. Walking into a shelter, how common is it that you see chihuahuas? They're the second most common in the shelter next to pities. Pities are the first, and then it's chihuahuas. So the most euthanized is pities and chihuahuas, and of course cats, sadly. So, you know, people don't understand chihuahuas because chihuahuas, first of all, they, th- they, they think they're yappy dogs, and chihuahuas choose their their master or their best friend their their person that's their person they're not like one of those dogs that loves everybody like they'll come up to everybody and like oh i love you wagging the tail they're like obsessed with their person and they're super loyal to the person so they're not always going to be that dog that's super friendly to everybody but if you're looking for a dog that's what you want as a companion and is just your dog there then that a chihuahua is your dog that chihuahua is it yeah i think that's a very good description and we, we definitely had a lot of chihuahuas coming through fairy tales dog rescue. And it's just been such a joy to get to know them because, you know, when you talk about it breeds, it's so easy to get um, generic. And, uh, you know, they're all so different. So it's still so important to always emphasize that, you, you know, you can't describe the person behind the chihuahua, even though when we're talking, of course, it's important to talk about chihuahuas. And that's why we want to do that today. But... Um, you know, they're all unique. They are. And so don't, you know, decide what they are or, or make a, a blanket statement because it's it's those are broad strokes and it's not fair to do that. Just like when it's not fair to, to uh, describe a certain race as a certain way. You know, it's it's just it's wrong. It's unfair. And um, anyways, I, I, I really thought I really want to know more about Chihuahuas. So I did a little bit of history. I did a little research. Ooh. So, you know, first of all, the Chihuahuas date back to the early 1800s. And, you know... The 1800s? Yeah. That's a long time ago. <laughs> so Okay. Yeah. I mean, they're not definitely not the earliest dog, clearly. But uh, there's a couple theories. The first one is, you know, that they came from Chihuahua, Mexico. Um, and in around 1884, Mexican merchants sold Chihuahuas to the tourists who came in. And purchased them as pets. And how much do you think you, they sold them for? Do you have a guess? Oh, back in the 1800s? Uh-huh. And I'll, yeah, just have a, just a wild guess. Oh, uh, okay. Ten bucks. 
you know what? You're close. It was five bucks. And you know what five Ooh. bucks equals in those times? What do you think? No. Oh, no, it's so hard to say. Okay, I'm going to say that five bucks back in 1800s, like you could have uh, gotten yourself a month's rent maybe. I don't ah, know. Right? No, that's a good way of putting it. Yeah, they were hun- so it equals to $113. So they were expensive. Oh, I see. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, because my idea of it was that, like, they were already, you know, in the early stages, even though it wasn't the modern time as today, that Chihuahuas has always been, like, subjected to being accessories or, you know, like a high-end, like a status symbol, like a toy dog, you know? So I can imagine that they paid for those dogs Ah. back then, too. (laughs) Yeah, they were called pocket dogs. They were called pocket dogs. But... You know, the theory was that the May the Mayans had them in uh, you know eighteen hundred BC to nine hundred AD, where they first domesticated. They called it the Tech Chichi, and uh, so it was like a bigger Chihuahua. And they 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 viewed their dogs as being the guardians of the afterlife. So when you died, you they sacrificed your dog, your Tech Chichi. Yeah, I know they do this in uh, the different cultures, and I think it's just. A beautiful way of thinking. I I, I kind of support that idea. Yeah, because I mean, you don't want to leave your best friend behind, right? And they don't. You. Yeah, I mean, it's sad that if they, you know, if they have to kill the dog because you died, you know, that's definitely sad. But but yeah, the idea of going together and that you're so tied together and that the relationship you have with your dog is is so significant. It, it it really is. Have you seen those uh, those pictures or sad stories that you read on online about somebody who died and they have the picture of the dog who's literally won't leave the gravesite because they're, they're they know their master's there. They're, I hate to say master. I don't know their best friend, their family is. Yeah, there. we don't like master. I know. Owner. Let's just say pet parent. Pet, pet parent. parent. Okay. That's a good word. Thank you. Yeah. No, but I've seen several of those stories where you see the animals linger uh, by the, with, with their dead pet parents. And uh, yeah, it's just heartbreaking. And they, I think they understand what happens, you know, they're just grieving. Yeah. So, so it's but anyway, back to Chihuahua history time. So story time, fairy tale. So after the Mayans, the Aztecs um, also loved these little dogs. And, you know, they would actually sacrifice their meat source to feed them. So, you know, it was that's a big deal because, you know, food at those times where they had to hunt, they had it was a hard to come by. Um, but they would make sure that their little Chihuahua, well, their little pets, Tecchichis, were fed. Um, so it was really, really cool. But the Europeans almost eradicated the cheese. Oh, they, when they came to North America. Yeah, they did. Well, they, they did to most things in their way. <laughs> right? I know, not surprising, right? But, you know, so they, they, there's a lot of theories, and there's some people that um, believe they also, some people believe that they came from Europe uh, off of the island of Malta because there's a painting there's actually a painting found and i i looked up the painting and it looked it like a it just looked like a chihuahua that resembles yeah but that doesn't mean that there were chihuahuas on malta it just means somebody on malta saw chihuahuas and painted them you're right because so exactly so that's so this was but this was before they even you know christopher columbus came to america so 
Who knows? Oh, I see. They're making their point there. Wow, what a little history clue. So, yeah. Well, I guess we'll never know. Well, you know, guess what? You have a little claim to fame here from your Swedish background because researchers in Stockholm actually studied their DNA, and it did suggest that this was Mexico pre-Columbian. Well, you got to believe that then. <laughs> yeah, right. Exactly. But All right. Thank you, Stockholm, for clearing that up. There was something cool. So James Watson, who was a dog judge, um, who immigrated a from dog s- judge. a dog Hang judge on. at these very prestigious, you know, dog shows. Um, oh, yes. Yeah. So that was the thing already in the 1800s. People were showing off their show dogs and now people were showing off their chihuahuas too then, huh? Well, yeah. They, James Watson's the one that started to do that when he purchased that a chihuahua for $5 equals $133. So that first chihuahua that made it to the show as a real pure dog or a, a real breed was named Manzanita. 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 Good. That's cool. So, but, you know, in the 1960s, the perception of dogs from working dogs to companionship was the cheese were in the top t- 10 as favorite breeds for, for the companionship. And it was for their sparkling personality. Oh, of course it is. Do you know, Louise, when, and you may not know this because you you were living in Sweden, um, but do you know when chihuahuas became super popular? Yeah, you know, I was just thinking about that. And for me, that memory is like I was in high school, so it must have been around 2000 and... Uh, uh, 2006 or something I remember you know Paris Hilton was a big deal when I was a teenager and she had the chihuahua and then it all just went downhill from there <laughs> downhill <laughs> from there well this was actually that was the second wave of popularity the first wave was the 1990s where there was a Taco Bell commercial well we don't have Taco Bell I know in Europe yeah yeah okay so Okay, so they were in a commercial? They were in. It was a huge, it was like a huge success. It was like the little chihuahua and they made him chihuahua t- speak, you know, and and uh, it was, a, for some reason, it was a huge success and there was a ton of chihuahuas and this is one of the reasons why we have so many chihuahuas in the shelter was that and then the second wave, which you described, Paris Hilton with her little chihuahua and then there was a couple movies made with chihuahuas. Why are they in the movie business? Is it because celebrities started having them? You know, I think the definitely the Paris Hilton chihuahua was a huge kickoff to that. Should we blame it all on her or was it like <laughs> other celebrities too that no. did the chihuahua phenomenon or was it just her? Like, Yeah, but she's, she's the, the one, one that comes to mind. Like, yeah. yeah, she's a chi- the chihuahua mother. She had her little purse dog, you know, and that's when like the whole purse dog thing happened. Yeah, that became a cool thing. Yeah, but it's kind of... Did you want one? <laughs> of course I do. But, you know, um, there's there's definitely not... They're not as popular now, though, in that way. They are just as popular, but maybe the culture around it is changing, you know? We're going away a little bit from, um, you know, uh, using pets as uh, toys, so to speak, or just for the sake of dressing them up or, you know? Yeah, or good. Or maybe it's because we live in San Francisco and people are so reasonable here when it comes to pet parenting. 
Maybe. Because, you know, that's down in L.A. Where, where, you know, where Paris and her chihuahua is. So Yeah, I mean, there's still a lot of pocket dogs out there or purse dogs. Now they're purse dogs. I'm trying to understand why chihuahuas and, like, not the other, um, ah. you know, small breed dogs. Like, why are chihuahuas suffering the most out of all the small dogs? Is it because, you know, celebrities have made a big thing out of them? Yeah, well, that that was the huge thing. was the, the 1990s, that Taco Bell movie, and then the 2000s, Paris Hilton, as well as a bunch of bunch of, uh, I think it was, God, I don't remember the name, Chihuahuas of Beverly Hills or something like that, um, and though there were like a series of three movies, um, so they make a huge impact on people, and they end up breed overbreeding these dogs, and then it's just a slew of them. There's mi- Chihuahua mixes everywhere, and there's just a bunch of Chihuahuas, just like Game of Thrones did for Huskies. Yeah, exactly. I know this has happened before with different types of dogs. And yes, huskies are definitely on the same line there as chihuahuas. There are so many of them in the shelters and people want them for for the looks and because they've seen them on TV. Exactly. It's just so terrible that, you know, that... Being on TV means that you're going to get, you know, overbred and over euthanized. <laughs> I know. So I wish I wish Hollywood movie makers would really keep that in mind when they're doing these movies and just do the right thing. I mean, just know that this is the impact that they have and maybe they shouldn't they should do some kind of work behind preventing anything like that happening again. Yeah, but then if you, you know, if you think about the um, um, Airbud or what's, you know, what's those called? This, um, the, the buddies, the golden retriever puppies, and there's this golden lab or something. Oh, right, right. basket with a boy. There are these movies about goldens, but goldens aren't really suffering that much in shelters. Ah. Isn't that interesting? Yeah, they're, I mean, well, you know, golden retrievers and Labradors are the most popular dogs, right? Yeah. They don't really have bad raps, so that could be another thing. Mm, I guess. I mean, you walk a lot of different dogs. What do you think? About what? Golden, retrie- golden Retrievers and Labradors. Like, I mean, do you have some? And, and you know, what are your thoughts? Because those seem to be the people feel that those are the most family-friendly dogs. Oh no, they're they're not more family friendly than than anyone else. Um, they they are great for families, um, but you know I had just as many uh, bites or fear or aggression issues with them as I had with any other pure or mutt breed. Right. So so yeah, that's just a myth. You know, it's we get these ideas about generalizing about breeds, and it just gets way way over our heads with what's really right like i said in the beginning it's always so important to emphasize on the individual and uh, what what that individual dog had for experience that's going to shape their behavior you know you know the chihuahuas live a long time too which is another thing to take in consideration when you get one yeah they live to around 15 years right yeah 15 to 20 years so they're definitely like having a cat you're going to have them for a long time and this is where you also sadly see a lot of senior chihuahuas in the shelter mm. you know and i just want to give yeah. a shout out to muttville um here in san francisco because they focus on senior dogs and they're such a great organization super smart and i love that they focus on senior dogs and they 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 find them homes they take good care of them you know it's it's 
it's a neat neat thing yeah they do great work and frankly i don't understand why everyone isn't just nuts about senior dogs because they're have to work as puppies and just as cute you know it's just the baby without the drama <laughs> right i mean who would you recommend to get a senior dog for somebody like there's definitely a oh I, well first of all i since i've had i adopted a senior dog um uh, once upon a time and that was the you know the best decision i ever made so i tell everybody to get a senior dog uh, but it's you know anyone who wants a dog but doesn't want to be too active you know yeah and yeah and and many times they come already potty trained exactly of course most of them are potty trained and you know you still want to bring them to the park and you know sit around an afternoon and have a great time you can definitely do that just don't go on you know more than an hour intense hiking there there are some senior dogs that you know are still in good shape of course but you know most of them don't need that much exercise anymore but they want more rest and cuddles and they're just so easygoing you know they don't have that spunky energy i i think it's just the sweetest, most mellow dogs. Would you recommend somebody who's a first-time dog owner to get a senior? I mean, they- yes, I think that's yeah. a great idea actually to get a senior. Yeah, yeah, because also when you have a grown-up dog, you know, then they will try to communicate uh, their uh, needs and wants and all of that with you. When you have a baby, of course, there's always communication between species, but. Um, you know, a puppy doesn't have that same intent of communication as maybe a grown-up dog does when he tries to tell you something. You know, for example, I want a potty. A grown-up dog will often look at you and, like, maybe go to the door and look at you for, as, as an easy example. You know, a puppy doesn't know how to give you clues or anything if you're a new beginner. You are the one who's going to have to know. So, yeah, senior dogs are great for beginners. Uh, but, you know, also chihuahuas are really good dogs for beginners uh, because, um, in a sense, primarily of their size. Uh, because if you're an inexperienced owner, the larger the dog, you know, the, the more you have to do the work and be prepared, so to speak. Um, and, you know, so size-wise, the chihuahuas are easy to handle, uh, you know, with leash and uh, all of that. So I think chihuahuas are a good first-hand ownership dog yeah agree and also i i think i anyone who is a, a senior themselves really should adopt a senior dog because the worst thing is the a hard thing for anyone to have to deal with is if their owners passed away somebody that dog's got to go somewhere um and so it's good to when you're a senior to have a pet as a companion but take that in consideration to ha- adopt a senior dog as well yeah, exactly. And it's nice to be seniors together, you know? Aww. I love that. Yeah, I think it's, it's just like you see, you know, the, the puppies and the babies together, those photos all over social media, and they're so cute. And, it's, you know, a senior dog and a senior human together. I think it's also very beautiful. So, Louise, re- so what else do we have on Chihuahuas? One thing that was, was interesting is that, you know, Chihuahuas they are also known for, um, you know, their hearing because, you know, they have the big ears. So they're also known to have really excellent hearing. So anybody who wants like an alarm dog, well, they, a dog that will hear every little sound, it's actually a good thing for anyone who feels a little nervous to be home alone, who lives alone, um, or anyone that's nervous that, that about, um, any kind of, uh, necess- uh, some 
somebody breaking into their house or just wanting to know if somebody's approaching their door. I know that sounds weird, but you know, you want to know that somebody's coming at the door while you're... Yeah, no, I get get what you're saying. I think you're making a good point. Yeah. Yeah, so Chihuahuas are going to hear that. And that's what I say whenever somebody asks me about, you know, getting a guard dog and what would be a good guard dog. Uh, like breed wise and so on it's like you know get whatever muscle dog you want but get those dogs a chihuahua because the chihuahua is gonna wake up the big dogs you know when something happens so he's gonna let them know before they know yeah That's... so you're right about that the chihuahuas are ex they they pick up the the sounds and everything way earlier than you know the big dogs do yeah it's a good match they got the alarm, and yeah. then the, the and then the big dogs are. Oh, what's going on? I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, exactly. I'm gonna like fuck the bouncer, you up. You know, <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna fuck you up. <laughs> so cute. That's that's it. That's the dream couple right there. <laughs> yeah, there is. Oh, you need to get a little Chihuahua for June for a journey, but I know you're. That's yeah. not your thing, but he would love it. We need to. Oh, you know, we need more foster dogs. Yeah, Tiffany. we, we need, need to get to. more foster dogs. Journey is getting really lonely here. Yeah, we'll need to go. We need to go venture out to Central California because, unfortunately, that's where a lot of the there are a lot of dogs um, that are in shelters in the Central Valley here in California. A um, couple reasons: one, you know, they're not spaying and neutering them. There's, there, there's, they can't afford them. There's also this thing. Um, it's a, bi- there's a big Hispanic community in the Central Valley, and there's this thing about taking the balls off the dog. That's like taking their macho. It's like there's, there's taking. What's the word I'm looking for? Not macho. What is it? Uh, machismo maybe it's the machismo I don't know but it's there's this thing like you don't take your balls off your dogs like and so they don't get them fixed it's so stupid it's like that's ridiculous but uh, yeah I know there's a lot of that culture over there yeah and uh, it's so yeah we need to keep talking and spreading awareness about the benefits to both yours and your dog's life that comes with neutering and spaying and not to mention to the never-ending problem of dog homelessness so yeah, we need to keep talking about yeah. that, and we're going to Central Valley. Hopefully, maybe we can get some um, opportunities to spread the word. And isn't um, I? You know, I I've I've heard from veterinarians that neutering is also healthier for the dog. They have more op- uh, chances to get cancer if they're if they're unneutered. <laughs> you know, we're getting a new Chihuahua tomorrow. And uh, oh, that's right. Yeah. And I have to send you a picture. She's super cute. So let me tell you, I just know a little bit about her, but it's um, it's kind of one of those stories. So she's um, between seven and eight years old and her family, um, she's in good health. There's there's I there's no issues, Um, but her family had to move to an different home probably because corona corona covid whatever um impacted their life so they had to move out of their place and where they moved did not allow pets and that's a whole nother podcast but um (laughs) i know right so they didn't uh they had to uh, resurrender her um so she's going to be going into a straight into foster who's could could keep her for a while and um but she's you know they live for 15 to 20 years so actually seven to eight years for a chihuahua is is you still have a lot of time with that dog 
Yeah, exactly. And so this one got some time left, huh? Yeah, she's going to have a lot of time left. And she's super cute. Um, her name is Coco. And I think we'll have to keep her name, even though it's not a fairy tale name, because she, she yeah she's she knows used her name. To that name. Oh, but wait, Coco! There is that that sh- that there is a movie that has Coco in it. It sounds like Coco could be a fairy tale. Yeah, was it? I'm sure there is one in there. Yeah, I mean it. It definitely goes in the genre. Say Coco goes. Okay, good. Tiffany, we had some uh, exciting action <laughs> this weekend. <laughs> I mean, exciting. It wasn't fun at all. We we had some vet emergency with uh, our little Prince Flynn. This happens with us every now and then. Very rare, but there's something that will, you know, there's an issue with the dog that will take a little bit more of our funds away. And so, um, but we were happy to we do spent it. A, uh, you spent a Friday at the emergency yeah. clinic at the vet. Yeah, so... Um, Flynn, you know, and this is another reason why you should neuter is in this, uh, sorry, cover your ears. If you have any children in the room, maybe this is X-rated. I don't know, but Flynn had an erection. Um, he's not neutered yet. His appointment's coming up and he had an erection and his lipstick got stuck out, you know, his penis got stuck and it was stuck out, which could cause some pain, um, uncomfortable. It all very painful. Yeah. And they can get infected. So it's something you have to take care of quickly so yeah so that happened on friday he just woke up and got an erection that just didn't come down yeah it didn't go it didn't go back in so sometimes like the hole is not big enough to retract back in sometimes so that's what happened um but we got him and thank you animal farm for getting him in quickly um so he's been taken care of and uh you know it was really hard because he just gained our trust and then suddenly he's like what the fuck you know <laughs> and he felt yeah he got so freaked out he was so scared when he got back home to the foster after um going to the vet yeah. uh, he, he was really scared and he actually bit her yeah he was scared and he bit her and it's not because he was an aggressive dog he was a terrified dog and he's been through some shit in his life so clearly you know he's had he has backstories that we don't even know what they are yeah, but luckily Prince F- uh, Flynn is in a really loving foster home. This girl is uh, uh, being very knowledgeable and trusting and caretaking of him and just very patient too. And, you know, there hasn't been an issue since it happened and he's, he keeps coming out of his shell and growing and trusting more by the day. So we're really grateful for that foster. It's a new foster that we got. Yeah, she, oh, and yeah. it's really good to see. Yeah. She was, you know, she was a godsend because when I picked him up, the, picked him up at the vet, he was super happy to see me. Um, but something between, and he was of course drugged up. It happened when I was driving from the vet to the foster's home. He forgot who I was or was scared all over again. And he was freaking out in the car. And I was, I, I was, he was, at, but when he saw the foster, he started to wag his tail and he was trusting and it was so sweet. She was so She's definitely made an impact on him. And so I'm so grateful for, for her and all her fosters because it really helps us. 
Yeah, I mean that makes all the difference. I mean, imagine if he, if uh, Flynn would have been in the shelter when that happened, and he's just like put back in his kennel after that, and it's just like lonely and cold and sad. And now he got to go home with someone who's, you know, gonna try to make him feel better, and it's warm and cozy, and it's just such a f- faster way for him uh, to rehabilitate. And I'm not just talking healing physically. But to just rehabilitate from the trauma that it is for you know, a dog with no experience to go into the vet for an emergency visit like that and get all stitched up on your penis of all things. Yeah. So yeah, I mean, thanks to the foster home, he's gonna you know recover so much better than he would otherwise. Oh yeah. So really, thank you to her. I know, and we so we always can we need more fosters. We also. Um, you know, Louise and I are just, we're just two gals and, um, we, we do, we do this cause this is, this is everything to us. We love and love, love, um, helping these animals, these creatures, these special beings, but we can't do it alone. So we really need help and, um, whatever you can do to visit our website, uh, Um, and, and donate. I it will go to these these situations. Um, we really could use some help, and and thank you f- for that. Yeah, is that a wrap? I think that's a wrap. Is that a wrap? All right, bye. Chihuahua. 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 Chihuahua.